Welcome to the Mike Abadir Show. You'll want to sit tight this hour as hosts Mike Abadir and co-host Gino Bacola talk to the experts, celebrities, and figures from the worlds of sports and business of sports. We cover the NFL, baseball, basketball, soccer, and horse racing, so we have all of the bases covered. Now, we just need your participation. Here is your host, Mike Abadir. Thursday, April 9th, 2020 on the Mike Abadir Show. Gina Bacola alongside the main man, Mike Abadir. And uh, Mike, lots going on um, in the the world of baseball as far as them trying to decide when the season is going to start back up. And I think that's the the first topic we're going to discuss is the kind of newly formulated, discussed plan that's kind of out there um, that the baseball um, Players Association and MLB executives have been discussing um, a plan for baseball to kind of play a sort of quarantine season. It's funny to me how many Debbie Downers there are out there really hitting this plan hard from a critique perspective. And we'll get into that a little bit. But, hey, man, it's out here in California, it's chilly, it's rainy. We're looking for something to be excited about while we're, you know, cooped up at home uh, for for the last few weeks and for the foreseeable future. So any glimmer of hope to me, I'm, I'm all for. Let's get the dialogue going because at some point you're going to have to come back, right? So yeah. let's start talking about how that's going to look. Overall, I like the plan. I think it makes a whole heck of a lot of sense. I kind of threw one out there. Um, uh, you know, I tweeted out a mini plan. You and I talked about it. Uh, that's what G said a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. it was basically like regionalized. That was the kind of the concept. I was kind of thinking more like, you know, Cali, Texas, Florida, um, AZ, you know, type places. And uh, it makes perfect sense. You got all, what, how many ballparks are out in Arizona? Within, well, they, you know, I think they more like than 12. 12 you know? a, a bunch, there's 10, like all in one area. And then you drive 20 minutes and then there's another five, you know, and then uh, you have the big stadium, obviously with the D-backs there. Um, so I mean, all you need is a regulation field. If you think about and it, they all, and they all have, have them. Fans. And the only reason, yeah, I was going to say, cause the only, the only reason why those fields wouldn't be regulate or wouldn't be able to be used would be because of fans, because they wouldn't be able to fill, you know, you know, the, the spectators, but that, that, that's not going to be an issue here. Um, so basically no, I mean, in theory, you could play at a high school ballpark if, if the, you know, if this, the fencing if this, was good enough or whatever, yeah, you know, a- absolutely distance wise and stuff. I mean, you can play anywhere. I mean, it's, it's kind of one of the cool things about, um, you know, baseball is that, uh, it's, you know, when you're talking about not having like versus basketball, for example, basketball, is, uh, it can take a lot more tricky, not that you necessarily have to play in an arena, but you have to give the NBA players a really, really good um, floor uh, footing. Everything that's like really close contact like that is just a little bit different than baseball. Yes. You know what exactly. I mean? Like anything, football, hockey, soccer, yes. even like anything where you're like constantly going to be face to face with someone. Correct. So that, I think that's a little scarier. So it is. So I think that it's it's I think it's a really good plan. I mean, either there or or so uh, let's or let's kind of lay it, yeah let's kind of lay it out a little bit. So basically, what the reason why all of this even like sparked the discussion of, I mean, obviously 
all of these leagues are doing their best right now to kind of have plans A, B, C, D, E. Their plans A are already out the window. So I think every week as time goes by, they're kind of reformulating different plans. We're hearing the same thing with the NFL. Like they're putting together multiple schedules, something that might be like a 12-game season, like a 14-game season, like a regular season. You know, they're just they're doing a whole bunch of different things, which is good. Be, be a little bit proactive, get ahead of the game. We don't know. None of us know what the hell's going on here. So just, you know, have, have a bunch of different options for whatever need whatever need be why all of this has kind of come in is because of what's happening in korea um in korea they're actually back to playing baseball now and they're they've been playing uh, their inner like inner squad games and they're going to be starting up spring training um actually next week where they have like i think a few different games so we're kind of using them as a model to see how it goes a lot of the, the players on the field have been wearing masks some have not but many have the 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 thing is, what's a little different about Korea, the Korean Baseball Association, they have handled this situation, to be honest, better than us because their country is a lot different, right? They're, the way their country is run, they're able to do things much differently than we are here in the United States. Like They've done things like when someone tests positive, the government scrapes their phone and their banking data. They find all the places that they went, all the potential risks. They send out text messages and social media blasts. Everywhere people have been wearing masks. Everywhere people, they're, they're a sanitizer. People get their temperature taken before they go into any buildings. There are thermal cameras to measure the body temperature in a lot of places. So, I mean, they've taken these massive precautions. And so things are getting sort of back to normal for them and so we're going to try to use them as a model and see if things work for them you know what's going to happen and we're and so it's going to be interesting because they're going to be the first like major like the the highest level league that returns to playing sports yeah and you'd mentioned kind of some of the tactics they they use in in korea and obviously uh we couldn't do tracing over here because everything's yeah constitutional rights and things of that nature just just way too invasive um but um it obviously has worked out pretty well for them and i think the the good thing about them being a test pilot though is that we'll see does having this putting this together and having these games go on does it bring about any kind of resurgence of the virus? Does it spark back up yep. again or not? So we'll have, you know, the advantage of, of being able to monitor that situation for, for a few weeks. You know, the problem that all the pro sports leagues are going to have, you know, not just, I mean, we're talking about baseball right now, but all of the leagues is this. I can't envision a time in 2020 and during this 2020 year where all 50 states are going to be in agreement at the exact same time that we're ready to go. No. So in other words, one state is going to be ready, but New York is going to be far from ready. Another state's going to be ready. And, you know, California is sort of ready, but they want to play it cool and not have games until Thanksgiving, which is what they announced. They said not, I mean, at the earliest we could envision having games during Thanksgiving. So we're talking about like end of November, first week of December would be the first games of what exactly? And then Maybe you have NBA. some, yeah. And then you have some, you know, that are on the other way that are like really like aggressive in wanting to get things as, sure. as close to back to normal as possible because sure. people, no matter what, in any, in all walks of life, people are losing money. And this is just such a tough thing to, to kind of tightrope because it's just, it's different waves in, in, in all these different places. So, you know, so, so like, how do you what do you, part of league though? When, when you're, when you're talking about, you know, that 
California and New York are probably going to be no, you're, the last and, and the only and the only ways that you're going to be able to do that is what th- what they're proposing. So what they're what they're saying is that all 30 teams will play games at stadiums with no fans in the greater Phoenix area. And in one little area, there's Chase Field and then there's 10 other near the nearby spring training facilities. Um, and it would be just players, coaching staff, all other essential personnel um, at nearby hotels living in isolation traveling only to and from the stadium. Uh, this is going through a, a really good detailed article from Jeff Passan. You can find it on ESPN. Um, federal officials at Centers for the Disease Control and Precaution have been supportive of a plan like this. So they think this is something that would, of all things, this would be the best opportunity to work. A lot of the people, they said May, many folks, they said think that June seems a lot more realistic. But it, what what it's doing is the real key to all of this, to everything getting back to normal, is the ability for there to be quick turnarounds and and corona and tests for the coronavirus for everybody. Once that has become available to you, I, to everybody, then these sports leagues will be able to go back because they'll or at least start to go back because they'll be able to completely test all of their players. Every time they need to, and it's not going to be something that's like keeping it from the average person to go and get it. That's where Korea is actually been able to do something a little bit different because they've had free same day testing since February to anyone. They get the results within 10 hours. So, you know, immediately, boom, test results 10 hours later, you know, it's not like you get the test or you're waiting for the test and then you have to wait again for the results. And then all these people, they tell Oh, we don't think you even are worth a test right now. So if it's maybe mid-May, which some people are projecting to where these tests are becoming more widely available, then it's probably maybe June to where baseball is able to say, okay, now we're in a situation where we can do some of the things that, like you said, the U.S. as a whole would never be able to do the things that Korea did there. You know, that's just a complete, the way the different, the way the countries are run is completely different. Right. So I'm not saying it's like a positive, but when you're doing something like this and you're isolating players, that's when you're able to make sure you take everybody's temperature every day, completely clean everything in and out in this smaller, completely isolated situation. Now, the one problem that a lot of these players have immediately come up with was they would have to be away from their families for the whole season, whatever that would be, four, four and a half months. And I, I think that's that's going to be an issue for some people, not and not others, right? Because yeah, yeah. You, know, you, you might have yeah, you might have a player whose well, family some don't lives even have Austin. families, young guys, well, yeah. they're not or, married, or some they guys have no kids, have, or exactly, exactly right. And then there's some other guys who have, let's say, uh, a family right. that lives in Las Vegas. What about a but they play wife? for the Atlanta Braves and maybe get to see their wives or children? Once a month or something like that, right? Now, I think there's going to be, you know, a couple of different camps, like there is for anything, you know, m- multiple sides of the issue. I think the two main camps are going to be either this is kind of a civic duty, this is a patriotic thing to actually do, kind of similar to after 9-11 when you had that uh, game at Shea Stadium with the Mets involved and how historic that was in terms of getting America back on track. And you have, you know, the the Air Force, uh, you know, the military flyover. And it's just a really, really patriotic thing, galvanizes the country, brings people together. It's a, the first sign of normalcy. And then you could have the other end of the spectrum, which is people are like, this is idiotic. 
and this is the extent of rich privilege and being able to hoard all these tests to be able to get on the way in and out on the way out of work every day. And so those are going to be the two polar ends of the spectrum that we're going to have to be dealing with. So the family thing is, is, is going to be one issue you mentioned, Gino. Here's another one. Most of these games are going to be played during the summer. Summer Heat. in Phoenix can be 100, 110, 115 degrees, even over 120. Okay. So when do you play these games? They might be talking about you're games. You're probably going to have to start at like, you know, you're going to probably have to start either super early in the morning. Yep, they will. You know, even at, I, look, I, I had a, I, I had my own vacation place out in, in Phoenix, in Scottsdale. And I made the stupid mistake because I was dating somebody at the time of staying out a summer out there. Usually it would just be for the winters. I stayed out there for a summer. <laughs> I'm talking like, uh, you know, and, and our producers and, and sound engineers and stuff that are listening in, they know exactly what I'm talking about because they live out in Phoenix and Voice America is out of Phoenix. It's like you're sweating at 10 at night and then it gets to midnight and your clock from California is telling you it's dark. I should not be sweating for no reason because it is 100 degrees or like 95 degrees and it's been dark for four hours and misters are on at eateries and nightclubs and everything in the patio, like literally misters with cold water sprinkling everywhere. So when do you play these games? Right. I mean, five in the morning, six in the morning, even. Yeah, you know and it's I mean? either that or you're going to play night games. Now, let's just say you play night games where it's it's still 100 degrees, but at least it's nighttime. You don't have the sun beating on you. Then when are the East Coasters going to be able to watch those games on television? Which is one, which is a big a big point in all of this because this is a, a why baseball is trying to be the first big sport to come back. And I say big, but, you know, we talk about horse racing and wrestling. You know, you and I had the fun to debate about yeah. if that's even a sport. But those are things that are going on right now. Sure, everything else is everything else is not nothing live is, is being played. With yeah. with with the so, and they want to be the first one back. Because, right? Because you're not one hundred percent because that that that's the key. Because for that's where they need to be able to make up for the gate receipts. If they're able to say, hey, we're coming back right away, every major network is going to want to deal with baseball because they're going to be the only thing going. So you're going to get baseball games being played on national TV on like five different networks simultaneously because that's going to be the only live thing going like every live, every, every network is going to want baseball. Baseball is going to be on, on like national networks all the time. It's going to be on NBC. It's going to be on ESPN. It's going to be on Fox sports. It'll be on like, it will be playing all over the place until another big sport is back. Yes. And so they will get more, national money from networks than they've ever got before than they've ever had before that's not going to fill like that's not going to take the place for all the gate receipts but that's going to do a hell of a job to start that because i think i I, I'm not not sure what the big i saw the proportion but it was like gate receipts are like, like huge i don't want to like speculate the number but it's such a big part and it's like by far the biggest thing that they make money on every every year so they need something to fill the void that's why they're trying so hard to be the first one back exactly right so for those who are listening and thinking well wait a second i watch diamondbacks games and i think that they play in a closed roof uh, a stadium that's got capabilities of having a closed roof which is true chase field so how many games can you squeeze in, in one a day. day do you think three maybe now, what if you if you're talking like six in the morning? Anyway, the, the you might as well you have to start them really, really early, right? To be able to the problem with this five? is 
like the problem with this is though is like after every one of these things you're gonna have to clean this stuff down really well right like you're not it's not gonna be like a 10 minute in between and then it's not like a regular tournament where you where you can just have the next team waiting in the wings and then you know come right up and then you guys warming up in the bullpen because that's just too many people now now we're talking well, let, let's talk about that what now what would you have to clean obviously the, the bases but that's very quickly no, well, now, so so this is funny this was another thing that we're um some of the other possible changes, which were things that you mentioned before any of this came through, an electronic strike zone mm-hmm. so that the umpire wouldn't be standing right behind you yep. for social distancing. The umpire could be five feet behind home plate, not necessarily having to call balls and strikes, and it could just be the electronic uh, strike zone. Yes, There could um, no mound visits from the coach or the catcher, which would be, would be different for sure. There would be regular use of on-field microphones, though. For the players to to um, interact with each other, I believe, and with the networks. Now that's just a fan perk and something that they could kind well, of install and, and try it, out for, for this year. Think to it's see something if it works, right? Yes, I think it would be for this year, and I think it would be something like you have to let the coach or the catcher talk to a pitcher sometimes. Like they have to be able to communicate too. So I think it would be f- for some of the players to be able to communicate with each other. I'm not like all this stuff is super just, you know, thrown at the wall ideas. None of this stuff is official, but these are things they were talking about. Seven inning double headers. They were talking about um, the players not in the dugouts. They would actually be sitting in the stands six feet apart. So the entire stands would have different players sitting like in each section one like one in a couple rows away from each other could you imagine just all like spread out of chase field or like in these little stadiums that would be crazy it'd be crazy to see but i'm clamoring for it gino it it would be fun man it would be fun if they can do it if they can do it right if they can do it that way where they're able to like we said, okay, let's. We're getting ready for a break. This is this is a good topic because this has been one of the big things that, that's going on in the next few days. So let's let's take a break and we can kind of continue on with some of this. Sounds good, Gino. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies Radio Show with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Have we got a high-energy, all-access sports show for you. It's Outside the Huddle, starring Lemond Williams. Each week, join Lemond as he takes callers, discusses the week's top stories in the world of sports, and sits down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business. Outside the Huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific for Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel. 
Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Mike at themikeabadirshow.com. Now, back to this week's program. Back here on the Mike Abadir Show, talking about uh, baseball and their projected plan to start up the season in uh, an enclosed in- environment. Um, area, not environment necessarily, but in, in just like a small section of Phoenix where uh, everybody could play in a little area among a couple different fields. Everyone stays at their hotels. They just go basically from the hotel to the field and back and forth. Everything very um, monitored, temperatures taken. Uh, hopefully the testing is, is more available at this point so everyone can get tests. So lots of different ideas uh, floated out there too, Mike. And, and so what they would what they would do is they would have a two to three week training camp period to kind of test everything out. They could try all these things out that we've been talking about. It wouldn't just immediately go right into games. It would give everybody the opportunity to get a little bit back in shape. And the the rosters would be significantly expanded. This would help with the, the heat that you had talked about. This would also help if players test positive. Because one thing that they had said was... If a player tests positive, they felt that this environment wouldn't necessarily be the environment where they would have to shut down, which is obviously different than what Korea has said. Korea has already said if any player, staff, crew gets sick, they're going to postpone immediately for two weeks. And um, and so I think we kind of both agree that of all of the sports, baseball has the best opportunity in a situation like this to get back to playing the quickest. Yeah, and and as we discussed, you know, there, there are a few reasons for that. But I think the main one is that baseball is in a very advantageous position because they have 11 MLB quality venues in terms of fields, playing fields yep. in Arizona because of spring training. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, You know, outside of the number of seats, you know, everything else as it relates to the fields is going to be within Major League Baseball parameters. Um, And so, you know, the quality is there. You're not going to have any any MLB players griping about that because that's always going to be the first thing. Just to take you back really quickly, do you remember, was it last preseason? I believe it was last preseason. Last two years are kind of all running together in my mind, uh, where the Raiders played a preseason game up in Canada, and and they found that the and I believe I don't want to throw any area under the bus. So I'm actually going to refrain because I don't remember exactly where it was in Canada, but they, it was like an 80 yard field or some crap like that. It was, yes, it was on you know, Hard Knocks. Yeah, it, it was on even, Hard Knocks. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't you know? So um, you, you have to have regulation specs. You have to. Have, uh, field or a court or a surface where your athletes aren't going to get injured. So baseball is in a very good position. It's just perfectly set up. Yeah. Even during the break, we were just quickly talking about the NBA. And on this show, we've talked about that. Their possible site would be Las Vegas. But even there, you only have one court 
Well, no, no, you play you with, have, right? or would you play UNLV also? You I don't get, see. I don't get, know a lot about that one. Yeah, you have the Shelvin, the, the Shelvin and Mac Center, where they have the tournaments. They have the actually they play the NBA Summer League tournaments right there, and there are back to back courts. And then I believe a couple of the hotels actually have courts. I think too, like one or two. Or there's uh, there's at least four or five in in a real close area, and even just two or three would be. Would be enough. You could play like triple headers, and you don't play basketball every single day, anyways. And, yeah, and base, so you could probably schedule it. And basketball is a little different than baseball too, in that you know what your time is. You can schedule it a little bit different. You know, baseball True. is much, a little bit harder because there's no there's no clock. Sure. So um, that's that that's what's crazy. This um. Well, what do you th- what do you think about that? What do you think about the seven innings and, and when you're talking about time? I think if 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 you like they seven innings, talk, if they're talking to the. The, the health officials and they're given the green light for this and I think this year and for the next maybe two years everything that we know has to get thrown out the window this has been an unprecedented situation this isn't like the yearly pandemic you know what I mean this is something that has never happened in, in like most of our lifetimes we've never seen something like this where everything is getting cancelled we have stay at home orders we're all this stuff so we have to at least comp- and, and I think we have to throw the the like the the yearly calendar out the window too right like when things start back up and finish and what we've been used to for for like the schedule of everything for the next year or two that's got to get thrown out the window because we like you said i want things to be back i want games to talk about i want there to be football baseball basketball uh, horse racing to keep going i want there to be you know uh, every college sports to come back and be able to talk about all that stuff but i want it to be I want, I want it to be safe. I want us to be able to do that. And it, it's going to be a long time. I feel like it's just going to be a long time before there are any fans that are, that are going in, in stadiums period. And so I'm, I'm thinking everything we know about fans in the stadiums, when games are supposed to be played at what time of year, um, how games are supposed to be played. I think it's going to be a while and, and we can't really complain. If you, if you just, if you don't want anything, that's fine. They complain. But if not, Sit back and enjoy it and, and, and understand if we're getting something that's better than getting nothing. Exactly right. Exactly right. Now, with that said, I, I really hope that they don't go se- – I'd rather have less games than seven inning games. I don't like the cutting a game I don't like, like it. That. Now, I don't mind them forgetting about extra innings. You know, so I don't mind if they come up with either there was uh, – somebody threw out a like, potential like home run derby and in the Justin game. Justin Turner, actually. Yeah. Was it just – yeah. So some kind of like you know soccer shootout type concept I'm cool with. I'm okay with if they want to test out how it looks, how it feels for starting a runner on second base, which had been suggested uh, in years past yeah, about extra innings. California tiebreaker, yeah. They do that. So, my sister's teams have done that for years in travel softball. You know, it's something that's not like completely absurd. So it's not totally foreign. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. I don't think we should have extra innings. We can't afford to have 18 inning games. You know, you, you need to turn the fields back around pretty quickly. Um, so... Th- those are some of the key issues, but th- I think the main one, it all comes back down to money, right? Yep. So when, you know, how are you going to do this TV wise? Now I was kind of thinking about it also during the break, it hit my mind really quickly. One cool thing about football is that because they play once a week, in theory, <laughs> you could have games every day. Yes, you one could. Game, you know, you could have, you know, the Raiders and the Niners play you know, a 10 a.m. game, another game, maybe at 2.30, and then another game at 7 p.m., and then tomorrow back up. Now, it's going to tear up the field. And, it, and the schedule would be, it would be, like, 
kind of difficult to stagger. Like it would start getting hard probably to stagger to give teams like that good week that you want off. Um, but it, it would be again. That's just you have to be thinking outside the box a little bit here. I think sure. I definitely saw. Well, you may be able to do something like a division gets you know Monday, Tuesday, sure, Wednesday, sure. Another division gets Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Another, and you just kind of work within those days. Sometimes you might have five days off, like a maybe a Thursday night game would be what four in between what Monday, Tuesday. What you know you could have like three full days off between a Thursday game. If and you see, think about and it. a lot of these, and, and that would come down to you know like the players' association. Like, what do they think? Do they want? Do they would they mind? cutting a day or two off. They, I'm sure they have to be the ones to agree with it. And that's kind of what a big part of this baseball thing is, is that the the significantly expanded rosters would or, or is something that really pleases the MLB Players Association because then that means more service time for player, more players and higher salaries. And the MLB, like the union loves that. They love that idea for expanding. Yeah, but you know positive. what the union's not going to love? And it's not getting a lot of talk so far because I don't think people want to necessarily broach this when people are dying and stuff like that is salaries and what you're going to do about no. salary reductions and things of that nature. You know, it's going to be really interesting to see how they approach this on each side of the ball. And that's why I think they're wanting to get, which everybody is wanting to go. But, you know, there's a lot of people out there that who are, who are, scared and nervous about this you know there's a lot of people who have families they have older family they just are scared about getting something contracting it spreading it around so this is like a really this is one of those real you know obviously polarizing topics like everybody wants to get back to normal as quick as possible but there are you know unfortunately this becomes like a political thing too it not not far because then it's like there's people on both sides of the, the spectrum but um it's, it's interesting all these different things that we, we keep talking about that are like just going to have to be proposed and people are going to have to agree on some of these things if they want to get back to these these big sports because we're just not going to be able to have them the way we've always known. That's exactly right. And, that you know, Gino, it might mean that some markets watch games on tape delay. You're right. Or there might be games overnight. Yeah. There might be games all at weird times of the day. You, like it, it just you, like we we just don't you know whatever's going to have to happen and because there's like another one of the questions was you know like so where do you get it's always funny in these things you know like what is what is considered essential personnel you know like on a baseball team with a baseball roster and a clubhouse and the coaching staff and stuff like who is all needed there and going to be needed to be locked in those hotels for four and a half months well I'll tell you who isn't needed. And this is all with all due respect to to my boy who runs the Dodgers at, at the ticket department, Seth Blumen, the head ticket guy. <laughs> the ticket guy's not needed. That's good as you're He's not essential, or for the teams that have a female, that she's not essential yeah, to no. uh, taking them out there. But that's also a very good question as well, uh, because on the flip side, you don't want to be the person that's you're not left at the office. You're left at home. Yeah. You know, if you're not going out there, it's one thing to be like, oh, you got to stay back at the office. All right. Well, at least I'm at the, you know, the Tampa Rays headquarters. No, you're left behind. You're staying at home up until this thing is lifted. And, yeah, I think that uh, see some of those things I think might be on the easier side of things outside. when it sure. comes to some of the bigger issues. I think ultimately, I think before they even talk about potential salary reductions and things of that nature. And I think that there's going to be a salary reduction regardless because you're not going to have gate receipts. So I think 
you know, even if you get in as many games as possible and get some of that TV revenue in, radio revenue in, that's all great and everything, but you're still losing a ton of money. And so, um, and concessions, I mean, on and on and on and on and on. You know, I, I, we, you know, everybody knows that these games, teams are making money in areas that we haven't even thought of. Okay, so that's going to be off the board. You're not going to be paying out full price on these contracts. And I think some of these CBAs address such things more than others. I actually spent a good part of this morning trying to figure out, you know, what what would happen in the NFL situation. It's kind of quiet about what would happen in in, in situations of natural disasters or, um, you know, just unforeseeable events. Um, so I'm 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 expecting that there's going to be a big union fight if um, if there's any loss of income NFL wise. I think the NBA does address it. Actually, I saw the clause. So everybody's on notice that they're going to have to take a cut. And I heard that r- rumor has it that the NBA cut would be reasonable, like 10% or something like that. Um, although they're getting their full checks on the 15th, if I read that correctly. Yeah. So at least the next installment is going to be in full. Um, and fortunately for the NBA, they got through, what, 70% of their season or something like that? Mm-hmm. You know, little, little, season, at least so. A little bit of a tangent transition, but uh, a little uh, some breaking news: the Rams just traded Brandon Cooks, wide receiver, to the Houston Texans. Uh, Brandon Cooks um, and a future fourth round pick to the Rams for a second round pick. So the Texans, who traded Hopkins earlier, now have Randall Cobb and Brandon Cooks. Um, so the Rams, who you know have now unloaded Cooks along with Gurley. Uh, you know, Cooks is is one of those weird guys. He's kind of a polarizing. You, you never really think of him as like that one of the best wide receivers, but he pretty quietly had four consecutive thousand yard seasons. You know, two in New Orleans, um, one with the Pats, and then he had twelve hundred yards with the Rams last year. He was super banged up in twenty nineteen. He played fourteen games, but he only had a five hundred eighty three yards. He only had forty two receptions, and he he was dealing with like. Uh, neck injuries, concussions, he, and then some other stuff too. He had a lot, a lot going on, um, um, and some, and then some other ma- like major injuries too. So he is someone that's a big name, and he's been definitely a a major fantasy player uh, a couple different years. Do you think this this moves the needle, or this does anything for either way for either team here? Brandon Cooks from Stockton, Lincoln High football factory doesn't get a lot of credit for it but i've uh, i represented lewis rankin out of there he was also a pack 10 at that time uh guy from uw uh and uh, cooks from oregon state of course uh but yeah i mean this is a former first rounder it was only in 2014 where he was a first rounder he's still uh you know relatively young i believe he's only 26 years old so he's actually got a lot of seasons under his belt for being just 26 um and yeah, I mean he's he's a legit player. I mean he's pretty lucky in that he's gotten to play with like Breeze and and uh, Brady, you know, and uh, you know Jared Goff and and now uh, uh, Deshaun Watson. N- not a bad you know quarterback selection to be throwing you know to be catching the ball and, and in a great offense with the Rams too. You know, especially yeah, in 2018 absolutely. where things were like really firing really on all clicking. cylinders for them. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So no, look, I think this is a pretty good move. I. I think this is clearly a move to um, appease Deshaun Watson, you know, and I, I don't have any insight myself, but, you know, I, you know, I heard the same rumors that everybody else did, which was that Watson wasn't very happy. 
after his key weapon was uh, traded. So you're going to have to do something to make your star quarterback happy in the field that he's going to be able to um, have a chance for, uh, you know, a playoff run. And and that's kind of been their, their problem. And, you know, to me, I wouldn't have started kind of doing the slow dismantle of the team and retooling it just because they lost that one playoff game. In fact, I think losing that playoff game kind of builds internal fortitude. You, you bring the same unit back and tell them, hey, look, we had it. We had it in our grasp. Now let's go back out and do it this year. That's kind of my take on it. But every you know general manager has his job on the line and has to make their decision. So bottom line, though, I think this is a good move for Houston. I think this is kind of a necessary move for Houston. They yeah they need to do something and we like you know with the O'Brien now he's making all the decision he's in charge this is a lot about the uh, the the Rams too oh sorry I was clicking on Brandon Cook's stats there and uh, one of the video video popped up um, uh, this this is a lot about the Rams kind of signaling that you know what we didn't build this team very well we gave out a lot of money to a lot of people that we probably shouldn't have given that much money out to. Um, because things are going well for us. That's what happens when you win a lot of games over a couple of years. You look around and you see everybody is ready to get a, a an extension or, every, or ready for a new deal. And you got to pick and choose who you who who you don't marry yourself to. You can't try to marry yourself to everybody. And that's kind of what they did. And they put themselves in a a pretty bad spot financially. Well, this is a great example of you know McVeigh. Uh, and I don't know the inner dynamics of how much influence McVeigh has on, you know, roster decisions, whether it be with free agents or whether that be with draft picks, uh, you know, for, you know, in the college amateur draft or anything like that. But this is a great example of you could have a great coaching staff and a well-coached team. But if you don't have the right front office making the right calls, things can fall off a cliff pretty quickly. This could be kind of an unfortunate fall for from grace for the Rams. It's a very short lived run. And, uh, and yeah, I am kind of declaring that it's over and it's funny because um, it they're probably going to have to retool, you know, even maybe like, down to their quarterback. And like last year, what's funny, they didn't, it wasn't even a bad year, you know, like they, they were in a tougher division. Basically the, what happened last year was San Francisco was just better than everybody thought. Like that's, that was the difference between the Rams making the playoffs and not. Most people didn't pre- didn't predict that Frisco would be in there, and so if the Rams don't lose both of those games to San Fran, they make the playoffs, and it's really it's really what it comes down to. And um, it's crazy how quick it goes. I it mean, really how, quick, how quick how quick it that goes. The game the game that told me I don't remember the exact final score. I think it may have been twenty to three. The Rams game against the 49ers. The first one. The first one. You that that was. Yeah, that was the game right there where I was like, okay, something's wrong here. This this is not this is not the the team that went to the Super Bowl last year. And I'm not even saying that they necessarily getting like Gurley and Cooks, like maybe these guys are banged up, right? Like Cooks did have legitimate injuries last year, like he wasn't very productive last year. Gurley was not quite the same since the end of that Super Bowl run. He hasn't really been the same. So this these might be moves that work out for them in the long run. They just move that moves that handcuff them in in like what they're able to do. You know, so they're not going to have to spend as much money, but they're still going to be cap like really hit hard um, by what they ended up tr- like giving these guys and, and where where they sit now. Because you just look at this roster, and I know we're getting ready to to take a break, and we, I get, we can continue on with the football and the draft stuff after. But this roster right now is just nowhere near as good as it was just like a month or two ago. 
No, it really isn't. And yeah, I agree with you. I think they had to cut bait on Gurley. I don't think there's going to be much uh, love loss there, you know, and they used a, a draft pick last year on a, on a running back. They've got uh, Josh Reynolds waiting in the wings. Let's see if he takes the next, next step forward. So, you know, sometimes you have to shed some of that salary and hope your young guys come in and, and uh, don't give you a drop off or at least take a step forward. So I don't think that the Rams are going to be any worse off. I think they're actually better off perhaps you know, in the long some run, of these for sure, moves. For sure Correct. in the long run. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no doubt about it. But when I say quick fall from grace, I mean, you know, that was the type of team it was so fun to watch. It would have been nice to see them having like a five to seven year like run. It, it felt you know, like they were going to be around like for a while. Sure did. Sure did. Let's take a quick commercial break, Gino. We'll continue the conversation and uh, hope and pray that we're going to be talking about live games soon. Stay with us. We'll give you the chances that these sports come back in 2020. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Racers and Rental Cars is the program for wannabe pro racers and those interested in the racing profession and automotive industry. Join hosts Cameron Ferre and Don O'Neill as they take you behind the scenes with previews and review for race day. It's about the business as well as the fun. We've got the scoop, the guests, the discussion, and the WTF moments. All you need to do is bring your ears. Racers and Rental Cars heard every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune into All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Mondays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Variety channel streaming live the leader in internet talk radio voiceamerica.com this is the mike abadir show if you want to call in today we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788 that's 1-866-472-5788 or send an email to Mike at the MikeAbadirShow.com. Now, back to this week's program. Closing segment on the Mike Abadir Show. Now we're talking a little uh, NFL as uh, we have found out recently. We, we talked about it last week with Rick, but we did find out now just uh, over the last few days for sure that there will be a virtual draft this year uh, in the NFL. So, I mean, right off the bat, what what are some of your thoughts about you know everything that I was reading is really fun. Peter King put out a big article um, earlier in the week, and uh, he was um, talking to a lot of the players. And I think the Colts was the team that he basically like interviewed a whole bunch of their coaches and how they're all on the Zoom meetings and they've all become Zoom experts and how much like all day they're you know what their schedules are like. It's like Zoom Zoom Zoom. Um, lunch with the kids, walk the dog, uh, more Zoom, Zoom, Zoom. You know, and they're all calling yeah. in like uh, 20 guys on one call, all discussing like, the the different uh, scouting reports for these players. What are some of the things that you've heard about? And like, what do you what do you think about the, the virtual draft? A, a weird era, huh? Yeah, it really is. I mean, look, 
if it weren't for the fan piece of it, you know, in terms of a television product, in terms of us finding out kind of information, stuff like that, you know, it's really not a big deal. You know, I, I was hearing about, well, what if they're, you know, glitches or hacking or, you know, security related kind of issues. I don't really see that being that big of a deal. I mean, what are you going to, ha- what, what is, what is to be obtained or hacked? My next pick is so-and-so, you know, uh, I mean, what are you going to try to figure out what your favorite team's pick is in the seventh round? Uh, You can't even game it like that because guys are are taken off the board or or, or remain on the board. But, I mean, overall, um, you know, I don't think it's like a huge deal. See, to me, the draft isn't this spectacle that that it is for most other people. For me, the draft is like a really, really stressful couple like of a days. Grind. It's a grind. It's yeah. a really stressful couple of days. Gosh darn it! Why isn't he taken yet? You know, uh, you know, a guy calling me. Hey, I thought you said I'm for sure gonna be a draft pick and not a priority free agent. Yeah, I'm. I'm hold on, just hang on, hang, hang on to hope. <laughs> you know that type of thing. So um, I, I kind of hate the draft. Really, if you want me to be honest with you, but uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm joking. It's very exciting, and I look forward to it each and every year. But it is uh, definitely a couple of days that are uh, bring about a lot of anxiety and anxious moments. But I think it's going to go pretty smooth. I think the biggest challenge is going to be how do you make that into a TV, an exciting TV, you know, event. Um, But, I mean, whether you have somebody at the podium or not, is that really going to make the difference? Do you know? I mean, you're going to show the highlights. You're going to talk about the player. And I heard some of the things they had discussed is like Goodell making the announcements from his home. Literally, like making the announcements from uh, from his place, or you know, yeah. I uh, think they're good. I think it's going to be quite seamless. To be honest with you, I yeah, think we're, it, for a few moments we're going to we're built well that's for different. it in this day and age. Sure. This would be different twenty five years ago. You know what I mean? Like this is this is a time when we are actually, and and a lot of the work had already been done for this. You know, some things that have been held up in like a lot of the the contract stuff with like physicals and stuff. Um, um, or like getting your medical teams to look at, you know, or take another look at players or maybe some more in-person interviews that you would have with with people. But for the most part, I mean, you know the process much better than I. Like most of this process for a lot of these players and teams, like as far as meeting like things that you'd have to do in person is pretty much done, right? Presumably, yes. And a, a vast majority of it should have been done by the time that the last scout got on a flight out of Indianapolis. Now, where this hurts, who this, let me say this, who this hurts the most right now is Tua. Because word is Mm -hmm. that Tua has failed two physicals. And this is very, very bad news for him because I want to see that for myself if I'm a team. If I'm the Miami Dolphins, I kind of want to find out what was it that he failed, why did he fail, and ask my doctors how soon would he be able to pass? Is this a structural issue? Is this just an issue because he, di- he didn't pass a leg strength test because of his hip? You know, I would want a lot more details and I, want, I would want to ask my trusted physician who I know has never failed me. But now, if this is all I got, let's say you're the general manager after hearing that and they're not your physicians, but you've heard that he's failed too. Are you using your first round pick on him, especially no. if, especially if you're in the top kind of third, nope. top half of the draft, even nope. if in the whole first round? Nope. I'm gonna I'm gonna make this claim right now. You heard it here first. He isn't gonna be a first round draft pick this year. It's it's 
it's going to be interesting because if if somebody's got a like who if somebody has a few like who who is well stacked i guess it would be miami right like are they going to be willing to to take a shot like one of these teams that has a couple i could see them thinking you have multiple chances you know the 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 reward could be greater than the risk here yeah, but you're I, I if i'm sitting there with my one first round pick i'm not doing it look you remember the uh nfl contest winner that uh was on our radio show several weeks ago, maybe about a month or two ago, named Will. Yep. He had won the uh, Pro Pick'em Contest. He's a huge Dolphins fan. As he mentioned on the show, he's such a big Dolphins fan. He named his son Marino. Okay. So that should just give you an indication as to how much he loves Dan Marino. So him and I are having a conversation. We were talking about Tua. And this is before I knew anything about his current, not, you know, his current failing of, of physicals. Okay. But he was talking to me and, and saying, I really hope we get Tua. And I'm like, here's the thing. And he was telling me the same thing that you were about the 14 draft picks for the Miami Dolphins that they're that are kind of stacked and could maybe take some chances. And I'm, I have a different mindset. I, I'm of the mind, not that you said that, you know, I'm just saying in general, I have a different mindset that they could really take chances. When you failed on that many drafts in a row, just because you have 14 picks doesn't mean that you could take a chance. I think it's the exact opposite. That means you're under the pressure to convert as many of those 14 as possible. You know, what if you got two out of 14 right? Even if one of them is like a perennial pro bowler, is that is that a success? You you have 20 years of mediocrity that you have an opportunity to address right here and right now, not just with good players, but with cheap players, with rookie contracts. This is how you become a Rams and turn it around very quickly when you get a stud running back and a stud quarterback and have it all come together with a few free agent moves and a uh, Hall of Fame type defensive coordinator. I mean, that was the Rams formula. And it worked out really, really well. And the Dolphins have, uh, to me, the Dolphins have demonstrated that, that they, I've seen enough to know that they know what they're doing from a coaching perspective. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree with that. So I'm very impressed with Flores thus far. He, he he got a lot out of very little, and that was after getting rid of his five best players. Okay, so now they've got an opportunity where they shaved uh, off a lot of salary and can kind of start fresh. You got 14 picks. Tua ain't your guy, man. I'd rather you trade half of those picks, you know, and get your stud from LSU and and hope that he is a generational talent and go from there. Very interesting, though, in our conversation last week because Rick was the first – that I've heard take such a stand against Joe Burrow. I agree. Um, He's uh, one of the it, few that I've heard not just not be really that high on him. Yeah. And, and, well, I was going to say the first that when, when he explained his reasons didn't come off as like a hater or just, pl- just playing devil's advocate or just trying to be that guy. Yeah, and, and Rick's not you know that like I mean? that, which is and nice. Rick's because not like he, that, no. He, he, does too, he does too much work to be that way. He, you know what I mean? Like, 100%. You, the, the people who are like that are people who are kind of like into the shtick and that's like their character and they need that like, you know, they need that for clicks and stuff. Like Rick and his and his stuff, like they have, they do such a great job like going over every single player. He wouldn't tell you any of this stuff unless he wholeheartedly believed it based on everything that he's like done to prepare. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Now here's the thing. 
whether he's right or wrong, I mean, there's a lot of people that have been wrong, you know, Hall of Fame coaches yeah. and, and oh, general managers more, that are wrong. More than, than we're right a lot of the time, exactly. too, with things like this. Exactly. So it, it to me, it doesn't matter whether he's, you know, if he ends up being wrong. And, and I hope he is because I, I like to see everybody succeed. I'm sure he hopes he's wrong because he, he wants to see everybody succeed as well. I like Joe Burrow a lot. I think that he's going to be a really fine quarterback. I think if I'm a Dolphins fan, I, tr- I trade up and get him. I give Cincinnati a bunch of picks. It's the same question that I posed to him last week, to Rick last week, you know, which is if you're the Bengals, you could address one position or you might be able to address three or four rookie contracts, load up on talent uh, and still be able to get Chase Young. It might be very tempting. If you're the Dolphins, you've been chasing the ghost of Dan Marino for a long time. You haven't had a legitimate quarterback fill that position in a really, really long time. And then when you, when when your guy finally succeeds, he does that on another team with Tennessee. Now we'll see if Tannehill was a kind of a one-year wonder or not, or if it was a system kind of thing and it worked out for him last year. But nonetheless, they're under an immense amount of pressure to get it right with the quarterback position. So I would move those picks. Definitely wouldn't go for Tua. I don't know who the right team to go for Tua is, Gino. Maybe, maybe the, the Patriots and uh, let him heal up for a year perhaps. If anybody's going to be patient, patient with a quarterback and not have to throw him in there right away, it's Belichick, right? Because if they didn't make the playoffs this year and, and it was with the intention of we're building it for next year and we could take a year off because we're the Patriots and we've won anything and everything, Belichick ain't going to lose his job. Other coaches don't have the luxury. No, and their defense, like they, they didn't have a very good offense last year. And and I, I don't it wasn't Brady's fault. He just he didn't really play at that high of a, a level because their offense didn't. We kind of forget that because their defense was so good and because they were winning a lot of games early on in the year. But it wasn't some like offensive juggernaut. So they don't they don't really probably need a whole lot more than just like repre- replacement level to still be you know at, at least probably considered the co favorite along with the Bills in that division. We kind of assume that. The uh, the Jets will probably be a, a little bit better too. So I almost got. Um, I know we're getting ready. We only have a, a like a minute or two left in the show. But I almost got caught by one of those fake uh, Adam Schefter accounts um, who had posted uh, Cam Newton to the Patriots, and I was uh, like getting ready to retweet it. And I looked and I looked a couple times. I was like, Nah, I'm not. Nah, you know, like I really looked into it. I was like, Wow, that it kind of made me think for a minute. But it, it almost yeah. Got one me. of those fakers got a lot of people with uh, Colin Kaepernick today. Although I, have, for the life of me, I don't even understand why that would even be newsworthy anymore at this point. You know, with every day that passes, he's just that much more over the hill for for the NFL. But that's a different story for a different day. Hey, on our way out here, Gino. The pools have been enormous in horse racing. We saw Fauna Park pick five, you know, exceed. Well, I saw one number that was 4.1, but then when I added it up, it came up to 3.6. Either way, they're in the millions in the pick five. Quick question for you out the door here is, is horse racing doing everything that they can to solidify their fans? And I'm not just necessarily talking about the DQs that happened the other day, but this is an opportunity. And at a small track like Fauna, they're not going to be able to, to get that right necessarily in terms of what I'm about to say. Gulfstream needs to get us into the coach's challenge room, so to speak. Let us hear that conversation. This is your time right now to seize the moment. I'd love I'd love to see uh, something, some kind of a promotion, something for new fans, for new batters at, at some of these uh, um, ADWs even. You know, um, you're, you're at home, get a little bit creative. There have been a few things that I liked, but it's kind of a, the same thing that we talk about all the time with horse racing. It's just the people that kind of make the decisions. We there there are some things that seem that they wouldn't be that hard to to, to fix to to get to do, and and they don't really seem to do them. So 
um, you know what? We'll keep playing. Fawner, Will Rogers, Oakland, Gulfstream, uh, Remington, and Low Sal's got some huge fields this weekend because with no SoCal, a lot of these low-level horses, they're running at Low Sal. Get your picks from Gino. That's what G said. Thanks for listening, everyone. Hope you have a tremendous weekend. Stay safe. We'll see you same time next place. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us this week for the Mike Abadir Show. Please tune in again next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time for another show with Mike and his co-host, Gino Bacola, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week.